hold. Oh, hi, Kathleen. Hello. Hello. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Thank you. Look at curtain. My curtain fell. <laughs> <laughs> Take some time. Get yourself together. Whatever you need. Um, and uh, I love you. Were here like early. I'm like, this is exciting. I like this. Ah. <laughs> uh, um. How's your day going? My day is going well. It's a busy day. I have a new product coming out. So I'm email blasting, working on my website, trying to get my basement set up to put all this product in my basement. So yeah, I love it. I love it. The diva wings, right? Right, right. I love it. Um, uh, do you want to, because we're going to share this with our Patreon people. Do you want to share the diva wings real quick? Oh, for sure. Um, so the Diva Wings is a bra organizer. It is designed to hold your bras. Um, it can hold eight to 20 bras. Um, and the reason why I made the Diva Wing is because um, we know how it is when we get up in the morning. During our morning routine, we have to dig through the drawer and find the bra that we <laughs> want for the day. It's a tangled up mess. It's not cute at all. And <laughs> Yeah, we, we spend that time digging in the drawer where I simplified the process for you by designing the diva wing. And I like to say three words. It's pretty, it's feminine, and it's organized. And those are like the three things that women are, right? We're pretty, we're feminine, and we're organized for the most part, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, um, it's, it's very pretty. It's um, pink velvet. That's the first one that I'm releasing is the pink velvet. Later on, I do other colors, but for the launch, it's pink velvet. It comes with a pink velvet door hanger. So if you want to put it on the back of your door or in on the in the closet, on the inside of the door, wherever you want to put it, you can. Um, but the hanger also has a 360 swivel, um, so it can turn completely, um, and you can place it wherever you choose to place it. So, yeah. That's I didn't know. Thing. I didn't know it swiveled like that. <laughs> so wherever you want to place it, get the bras off the back of the chair and the floor and hanging on the dresser and the doorknob. Look, I've, I've had so many guys like, yeah, you know, your bras be everywhere. <laughs> I had that same issue this morning. And as someone of ample bosom, I won't lie. I'm wearing two bras right now. So <laughs> are you serious? Well, because um, I wear a, a support bra and then uh -huh. I wear a sports bra over that, which it, it actually like helps with the, it helps it actually not be so uncomfortable. Like, I don't quite know what it is, uh -huh. um, but also because I'm not like a titty forward woman, I like to be a little bit muted. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, so they both kind of do that. Um, yeah. Ooh. And I dug around. In quite a few places this morning. <laughs> well, the Diva Wing is good in that even if you're a person who likes to wear sports bra, 
response because a lot of women wear a lot of leisure wear. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're one of those people, it's going to hold your sports bras as well. So uh, what doesn't matter the bra type that you like and doesn't matter your boob size. That's another thing. Like your boobs can be a, a, a 44D, like whatever they are, it still can accommodate any any bra size or anything like that. So so yeah, it's a great product. I'm so excited. <laughs> Love it. That makes me happy. I definitely... Ooh, I definitely know some people who would love to have that. And um, there's this really cute little bra store up the way from me. And like they uh-huh. do the fittings and they have sizes from all over the world. So like whatever the shape is that you really need for your body, right. they'll hook you up. And I just went and restocked bras. And like, you don't want, you don't want your bras to get ruined. Right. You know, like, you know why? Because we spend a lot of money on our bras. On average, my bras cost 40 bucks and up, unless you can catch them on a the sale. Sometimes you can catch them for $32 or something like that if they're having a sale. But we spend a lot of money on our bras. My bras are super pretty. So I don't want the lace pulled. I wear a lot of Fenty, so I don't want the X pulled off and <laughs> all of those things. So I, I really like a system that can help me keep them organized and pretty. And then another thing is that you just talked about, I work with um, a bra fitter. So she's been a professional mm-hmm. in the bra industry for um, for over uh, 15 years. Um, that's what she does. So she's my kind of my partner in this. And uh, she's taught me a lot about the bra industry bras and especially fit because I had a bra fitter. My mom took me and I'm going to finish this out. My mom took me to a bra fitter when I, when I got my first real bra when I was about 13 at Lisa's Boutique. So I've always had a bra fitter until they closed that store down. But it is important that you you find the bra that fits you best, most comfortable, and one that you like. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> What's up? How y'all doing? Yes. Happy Friday. Uh, feeling, feeling good. Happy Friday to you. <laughs> nice. I'm bummed I missed the bra talk, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, it's a thing. It's a thing. Oh, right. Yes, today's the with y'all today. The launch of the Diva Wing, and yeah, we were doing all the bra talk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so uh, my producer is should be here in a little bit. Um, her name is Betty, and she'll just probably pop on. Um. Oops. Oh. oh, sorry. I was taking my own pause. Um, Got it. But, okay, so bras, because I'm going to skip back to that. <laughs> um, we were talking about like the how expensive they are and just like how, how complicated mm. that whole thing is. Um, so I, I certainly don't want my bras ruined because like for for how I'm statured, my bras tend to cost like $75. Like right. I was not yeah. expecting that when I found like real good bras. Mm-hmm. Like, right. What? Just got to do it. Just got to do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this you last know, uh, year I was on the great hunt for the right underwear, the right bra, the right perfume. Like I was like, I want to figure out those three things, like those, and never have to think about it ever again. <laughs> so I was trying all kinds of different um and landed on a brand that I really love it's called honey love um but anywho yeah because the money for real and then if they get they go 
if you cheat bras, they fall apart so fast. And yeah, it's just such a thing. Well, this is like me right now. I'm wearing a less expensive bra. I think I picked it up at Forever 21 or something like that. So it's not expensive and you can feel it. You can feel this whole bra. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be doing this the whole time <laughs> Listen, it is not expensive <laughs> and it lets you know this is a cheap My girl, bra not happy yeah i can i can feel every stitch of this bra and it is it, it's uh, it's not the best quality right but i i bought it because it was fun mm -hmm. it has like print on it it's got it's a vibe on it it was my size and i was like it's fun so mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes we actually do wear bras based on how we want to feel that yeah. day, you know, and so we don't realize it, but we buy bras based on how we want to feel. And I buy bras too, because I'm a bad chick. And so my bras have to say that, you know, I'm sexy, I'm powerful. I love myself. Like when I'm shopping for bras, it's that serious. And it's the same way with underwear. Like I, you got underwear that you buy just because, hey, I know I got some running around to do. So you got Aaron underwear, right? Yep. The yep. But then you have underwear where you know if you got a date or you got something going on for the day or you just want to feel amazing, you might put something on more satiny, more lacy. If you have a event like me, you want to wear something more seamless so it doesn't show under your clothes. So we're making a lot of choices that we're just not conscious of when it comes to bras and our underwear. Totally. That's real. All right, everybody. Welcome, Betty. Hi. Hi, Betty. Betty <laughs> is our producer in your... Yeah, there we go. Amazing. Hello. Um, Hi, Betty. So uh, she's going to be here in the background. She's going to manage the image share, the music share, and then any questions that are in the chat over on YouTube and Facebook, she'll bring those into the chat here in Zoom so that we can address them. Great, great. Um, Nika, I also wanted to clarify with you something about the, um, the special um, like gift or thing yes. that you're offering at the end. So, cause there's a couple of questions on the, on the bio sheet. So I'm not sure what, uh, what it is actually. Yes. As a matter of fact, let me pull that up so that we can look at it. Um, cause I think it's regarding, it is. Okay. So there are two free resources. It looks like, um, your nine page guide, Rachel, and then Kathleen, you have discovered the three stages of recovery. Is that a free guide? Oh, then, oh that's mine. And but mine oh, we're doing yeah. the 28 day boot camp. Right. The, um, right. Right. Our special guests will be giving away special treats. We have Nico giving away a free coaching session. Kathleen will be giving away just uh discovery discover the three stages of recovery. No, 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 no. Here I'll highlight it. So Kathleen's giving away her book, Hurt People, Help People. That, oh, for sure. Was, okay. Yeah. And Got then was doing the 28 day boot camp, And then I think this note about Kathleen is a question mark because right. yours, uh, and these are just the free resources that we want to make sure everyone has access to. Is that, that work? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so yours is the three stages, discover the three stages of recovery from childhood abuse. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a great free gift that oh. anybody can access. And then for the drawing, we can give away um, the 28 day boot camp for the brain program. 
perfect. So I'm just gonna delete this line that's confusing. Um, and does that make sense now for you, Betty? Yeah. Okay. And that um, the free guide is at coachrachelgrant.com. Okay. The free, uh, the th I'll put the link for the checklist in the chat because they can't, I mean, they could get it from my website, but it's not very apparent. So it's better that they go directly to the, this link in the chat. Okay. 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 Give me a second. Let me make sure I get that in the restream. And that's the, my concern. Yeah, the one on bio does say uh, checklist slash checklist, but we'll, uh, yeah, post it just to know that we have it completely accurate. Um, okay, so um, how will be, how will we, how will people get, get uh, copies of this? How will they be able to access it? The guide? The, th the, th the three things, yeah. How, how are we so, gonna run this? I need their email address. Okay. Um, and see, we need the email address. That's what that's what we need to actually give the guides, uh, give this, not the guides, the stuff away. So we'll send, I will send the boot camp. I'll schedule my session. And then um, Kathleen is gonna send the book straight from Amazon. So I know you need the address, is that correct? Right. Yeah, and we'll work address, complete address. Yeah, so we'll work that out with whoever wins and we'll just do it over email. Yeah, as soon as I get the email of the winner, I can add them to the program. Okay. And so should people be responding? Um, in other words, I'm I'm trying to wonder if I should be communicating um through the restream, Nika, um, that we want to collect people's emails. Um I think that would be a good thing to put in the chat. I wouldn't say collect emails. I'd say if you want to enter, um, right, right, subscribe to the channel and send your email address. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, okay, <laughs> we're, we're collecting everybody's email, and then we're not going to give you anything. <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing that we need to do. So I've got the entries who submitted uh, already. Um, if people want to enter during the show, I think that I like the idea and also it's a little bit complicated. Okay. Can anyone think of how we can do that on the fly? To do what? I'm trying to figure out how to get, how to, when if people submit their email addresses during the episode, I'm trying to yeah. figure out how to include them in the raffle. Yeah. Like the actual drawing, because for the other people, oh, here, Betty, this is what I'll do. Okay. Right. Link. All right. So, right. who is the link for the spreadsheet, Betty? Where okay, hold on. Entries are. It's in the um in the okay. chat for you. Yeah. So when people enter, just put their name and their email on the spreadsheet, and then we'll uh we'll tally those before we do the raffle. Excellent. Solutions. Okay. Thank everybody for just listening to that. <laughs> it's what I needed. 
Yeah, I'm sorry that we didn't get this settled before you all came on. Yeah. That's the beauty of creativity. And uh, then the other thing I want to make sure is I have the right picture and music. Pictures and music. Pictures and music. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so uh, let me go over some of the few details of the show. Does everyone have water, coffee, tea, meditated? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so for the show, what we're going to do is two minutes to the hour. We're going to go off camera and video. So just shut everything down. Um, and then not the Zoom, of course. <laughs> and then uh, I'll come on. I'll intro the show. I'll say a few announcements. And then I'll uh, announce the show topic and I'll uh, and I'll announce you so that you can come on the show. Um, I'll read a brief bio and then we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah. Um, any questions? I'm going to do some closing up of things. Um, Oops, didn't want to do that. Oh, and then uh, a couple of other just quick notes. Um, if I happen to go off camera for any reason, just keep talking. Um, I'll be I'll be listening and I can probably do some audio, but we're going to create that that's not going to happen. And should it just don't be starting. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> it happened once and they were like, wait, where'd you go? And I was like, I had to readjust my leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, same, the same for me because I have this TBI mm -hmm. at some point I'll probably have to turn my screen well I probably could just darken my screen is what I can do that way I, that way the light doesn't bother me okay that'll be that'll that'll be something I can do I can just darken my screen and, and then that way I can just keep talking to nobody but I know y'all there <laughs> <laughs> yeah because this light gets yeah. weird for me yeah I can definitely understand that and whatever you need to do for self-care I always tell people like um because these shows get really real and so I want to make sure that everybody's taken care of and we're mm -hmm. all in a position to do you know to provide the best possible um yeah let's okay Grab a little thing of water now that I'm thinking about it. I'll be right back. Yes. Control. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm being silly goofy right now. I feel really great about this episode. I'm really excited. I also am not great at social media. There we go. Okay. <laughs> what are you saying, Kathleen? Oh, you're not talking to us. Okay. <laughs> um. <sighs> oh, Betty, you were also on mute if you were talking. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, just thinking about doing some um, 
some uh, check, you know, the sound check and everything. And hold on a second. Okay. How's that? That good? Looks good. The volume is a little high. Okay. it full screen it looks like it might be cutting off a bit at the bottom um and if you could turn the volume down a notch that would be good okay how is this okay you can't hear the volume at the moment <laughs> can you hear the volume now Mika? i can turn it down a little bit really low. I think that works. If it's not, go ahead and stop it. So it's not super low over here. I think your speakers might be turned down. How is it? How does it sound for y'all? Yeah, good. It sounds good? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, and then let's try one more time with the screen share, just the image. You guys get to be here for all the technical stuff too. I appreciate you. See how the magic works. We lost Betty. She'll be back. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. I did my makeup in Zoom just a little bit today. <laughs> just the lips. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I did it one time and then I st I leaned back and I was like, oh, that's way too much makeup. Zoom is not a good mirror. <laughs> not a good mirror. Sorry about that. Oh, good. Welcome back. There you go. Hold on. Yeah. The music is in my head now. Now it's a full screen. Everything all right? Yep, it looks great. Perfect, perfect. I love Kathleen how you look just like your headshot. <laughs> 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 like it's so perfect i do not look like a headshot anymore <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i'm banking on a 
must be 12 year old headshot at this point <laughs> in my face I look mostly the same my hair has definitely gotten lighter though <laughs> yes my my gender expression has changed significantly mm. so someone's like you should definitely get new headshots and I'm like yeah you're right yeah. but mine god mine is probably about 12 years old too maybe not but it's old <laughs> It's from another life. Right? <laughs> mm. My my headshot is a selfie uh that I did in Canva. I like removed the background and yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I'm just I'm just in my living room like <laughs> <laughs> oh that makes me happy i have seen some like selfie headshots and i, I think i've sent every last one of them back because i'm like i can tell that's a selfie <laughs> <laughs> yours that I, I love it i love it oh uh, and i had well all, my my people have figured out canva I, I'm probably not going to figure out Canva. It's super easy. I just, I have Photoshop brain because like that was where I learned to do stuff a uh, million oh, and a half years ago. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. I see, I started off with Photoshop and Illustrator too because I used to do graphic designing and things like that. But if you do Photoshop, which Canva is not close to Photoshop, right? It's not, mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't give you all the layers and all of that stuff. But if you um, if you're proficient at Photoshop, Canva is like nothing. It's like it's so generic. It's real easy to manipulate. Oh, and you wow. can, you can only do so much. It's nothing like Photoshop is intense. Like you can do layering and all of that. And yeah, yeah, you, know, you can't do that in Canva. So it's way less complicated. Nice, nice. It, it seems more automated too, which is good. Like you don't have yeah. to for like gradients and it's, you know, little circular pictures or something. You don't have to figure out mm -hmm. 12 steps. Yeah. I go to YouTube a lot for Photoshop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, it has the background remover, the enhancers. It's got basic stuff and you can just plug and play. Like you're saying, uh, if you want something in a circle or you want it in a window, anything like that, it's just pull, drop, pull, drop. And then when you pull the picture into it, it formats it itself. So you don't have to like, I mean, you will have to play around uh, with it a little bit to get the ratio you want, but it's pretty good. It's pretty decent. Nice. All right, let's go ahead and shut down audio and video. We're about two minutes to the hour. And let's see. Well, I got my stuff set up. Um, Betty. Yeah, hold on a minute. No worries, just I was just gonna say, let me know when you're ready. Okay, give me a sec. Okay, hold on. I just wanna make sure this is good. Okay, there we go. Um, Uh, uh, I'll be ready and like count to 20. Okay. <laughs> do, do what you need to do. It's okay. <laughs> All 
Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the ITCAST Real Talk on Sex. I am your host, Nika Sherell. The ITCAST is our community outreach podcast that increases diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. Through this work, we are creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. We have some upcoming events for you. Uh, coming up in the new year, we have the Global Sexual Health and Freedom Summit, February 4th and 5th, 2023. You can get your early bird tickets on sale now. Hurry, hurry. That is going to end uh, on Monday. So go get your tickets now. And we cannot wait to see you there. Uh, also, if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, you can visit my link tree to book a free connection session. And also later in the episode, we're going to do our raffle where you can get one of those as well. Uh, please ask us anything, oh, an actual coaching session. Anyway, ask us anything. We want to hear from you. Um, go ahead, click the link in the comments below and submit your questions anonymously through our Q&A form. Get bonus access to our content on Patreon. Uh, we've got a little extra few videos as well as some gifts and prizes for anyone who signs up over there. You can find us at patreon.com slash Nika Shirell. We go. Also, before we dive in, please subscribe to this YouTube channel and share with everyone in your community. All right. So this week's episode, I'm so, so excited. This has been near and dear to my heart for the last few years, and I'm really grateful to be able to bring it to you today. Today's episode is Home for the Holidays. And today in the booth, we have Coach Rachel Grant and author Kathleen Harrod. Rachel is the owner and founder of Rachel Grant Coaching and is a sexual abuse recovery coach uh, with a uh, master's in art and counseling psychology. She's also the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. Kathleen is an advocate for... Uh, is an advocate for healthy sexual life experiences and prevention of sexual trauma. Kathleen is the author of the book, Hurt People, Help People, and Things I Wish I Knew. 
Kathleen helps individuals have conversations about preventing childhood sexual abuse with a focus on reporting. She also shares tools to help manage life after trauma and minimize long-term effects of triggers, including daily care, self-releasing, and event care. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Go ahead and join me on the show. Go there, you are. Hello, Hello. <laughs> wonderful. What was that? Good to see y'all. Yes, uh, okay. So, would each of you please go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're choosing to do the show? Awesome, Kathleen. Defer to you, go first. Right, ahead. okay. Well, hi, I'm Kathleen, the author of Hurt People, Help People, and I'm all about being in a space to help us manage our lives, hopefully, before trauma uh, to prevent trauma. That's what I specialize in is teaching uh, parents how to teach their children how to report and how to report early. Um, and also, on the uh, other side of that, we want to make sure we are practicing uh safety after trauma and uh, all of those good things so what made me want to participate in this show is um the holidays are coming up and we want to help people be prepared for that and manage the holiday season in a happy and joyful way yes thank you thank you Very excited and rachel hi everyone i'm rachel grant and i work with survivors of childhood sexual trauma who have really reached a place in their journey where they are just sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable. It's really like they've been around the mountain, they've done all the things, they've read all the books, and life is better, but not amazing. And so my work through the Beyond Surviving program is really about breaking free from the pain of the past and being able to move on in your life. So stepping out of recovery and stepping into, you know, really living a life that you love. And so I've been doing this work for going on 15 years, 16 years. Uh, and I think this conversation is just so, so important. It has come up every year since I've started this work because, you know, childhood trauma statistically mm -hmm. happens within the family more often than not. And so we're navigating, you know, holidays with families and um, communities where, you know, we might be, you know, running into somebody who's caused us harm. So I think this conversation is just so essential and yeah, really looking forward to, to sharing my ideas and collaborating together to support people. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to have you here and for the work that you do in the world. Like, this is, this is a consistent, um, you know, hearing like this is a consistent issue, like it comes up, I'm sure year after year and other events, not just the holidays. Yeah. So, you know, to know that people are out there providing these resources is huge. Um, so let's start. Um, I know we've got some wonderful steps here for you. We've got the raffle coming up later. Uh, let's start with the emotional inventory. Um, like, you know, before going into, uh, before going into the spaces, what might come up and affect how you operate? Yeah, you know, I think that one of the things that we're certainly going to be navigating is a sense of powerlessness. Mm -hmm. You know, when we are, 
stepping back into environments where somebody who has caused us harm may be present, or there might be people there who knew about the harm and didn't do anything, or they're still in relationship with the person who caused us harm. The It's so, so easy to drop into a place of like, I'm out of control here. Here's another situation where I'm kind of like at the mercy of what's happening and what's going on. And so, you know, I think that's one of the first things that we have to figure out is how do I, you know, come out of any place of victimhood or powerlessness and really tap back into my choice and to a place of power. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, it's all about safety, right? It's all about feeling safe. And uh, even though you're present in the moment, removing yourself um, from, the, from the trauma, from the past trauma, and realizing that you are now um, in power, right? And you can make the choices that fit your life best, right? So if you if you're getting ready for an event, um, just emotionally find the time to come up with a plan or a strategy to help you navigate the time that you will be in those spaces. Uh, myself, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, and um, as my 50 year old self, the tools that I have now, I didn't even have five years ago. Um, and so you learn as you grow and move on with life what works for you best. But safety is like a number one priority, especially when you know you're going to be in a place where you will, the perpetrator or the person that hurt you will be present. And so it's a real thing. It's a real emotional jar, if you will. Um, it, it, it can kind of hit you in the gut sometimes. So you definitely want to want to be prepared if that's where you if, if those are the places that you're going to be during the holidays and you likely will. Mm -hmm. I love that. What that makes me think of is just the place of anxiety, right? The anticipation, anxiety is so up in these moments and we get way into our what ifs, right? And, mm -hmm. and most of the time, anxiety takes us into our most negative worst case scenarios, right? Like how everything is going to be terrible and I'm going to fall right. apart. And I'm not going to know what to say or I'm going to lose my, uh, do we curse on this show? I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> we can curse. We can curse a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen. Keep it professional. <laughs> Keep it professional. <laughs> we can curse as long as it's educational. <laughs> Um, lose your ish then. And yeah, you know, it's like, wow. So, you know, being able to kind of ground yourself through that feeling and moving out of the anxiety, because that anticipation and that dysregulation, if you step in to the environment, kind of already revved up, if you will, then any little thing can really set you off. And those things that are both unsafe, but also things that are, are actually, um, you know, benign, but the system will read as danger. And so managing to work with that anxiety and do some grounding. And I think sometimes asking the better what ifs, like what if I really stay empowered? What if I, you know, have a great time? What if I really connect with somebody who I love, you know, and, and trying to turn the energy there um, so that you can soothe that anxious feeling a bit before you go into the environment. I love, I love that, you know, the conversation around, it can seem more intense in your mind than the danger, like the, the perceived danger. And like, I am so spot on with you there. Like it can feel very jarring and very terrifying. Yeah. You, you both mentioned safety. And I know in our previous conversation, we talked about guilt around that. 
Um, can you share a bit more about that, like what that looks like in that experience? Well, I'll start by saying, um, forget them people. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this is the, you know, you have to get to a place where you worry about yourself. That's a real thing. Like you can't, you can't carry the luggage of every person that knows or don't know or who didn't do anything. And because you're no longer in imminent danger, right? That person can no longer harm you in reality. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're an adult now, you're bigger. If you like me, you can steal, you carry. Uh, <laughs> so you feel less threatened. So at the end of the day, when it comes to your safety, uh, when it comes to your safety, you also have to think about your mental health, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you can't afford to be concerned about everybody. You really need to think about yourself and what's going to keep you safe emotionally, mentally, whatever that looks like, worry about yourself and don't feel guilty about that. Don't feel guilty about that. Some of us feel guilty that we love ourselves. Some of us feel guilty that hey, I'm happy, um, you know, and I'm not going to let this person ruin my day. We feel guilty about that. We, we, Some of us, you know, since we've experienced pain, we're used to walking in pain and living in pain. And, and we feel guilty because, you know, hey, if I, if I break free, and it, I can only speak from my experience, if I break free and I'm happy, then was I even traumatized? Because, you know, people try to minimize your trauma like, oh, it was nothing. It was 10 years ago. It was 15 years ago. You should be over it. No, it's a choice that I'm making. It's a choice that I'm making to be present, to be happy, to manage my life. And I think um, that's something that, that we truly do have to talk about because there are a lot of people who feel guilty, right? And so, yeah, that's a part of your safety as well is protecting yourself by not worrying about what everybody else is going to think and, and worry more about controlling your experience and what you want to experience for the day. Yeah, I love that, Kathleen. Yeah. I'll speak to guilt through um, kind of a different lens, two different lenses. Sometimes what I hear from my clients is I'm actually at peace with this person. Like they've gone through a journey of healing and a journey of restoration and they sometimes feel guilty about the fact that I love this person, right? Like when I see this person, I might have even conflicted feelings. So that can bring up a lot of guilt and like, why is that going on? Um, and the other type of guilt that I see sometimes happening is kind of related to what Kathleen was saying, but just the space of like, why is this still an issue, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I should be done with this already. Oh my gosh. We start to make ourselves just, you know, bad and wrong because, you know, if you are having fear or concern, or you do feel unsettled about, you know, being in the same space as somebody who's caused you harm. So, you know, that those kind of nuances of guilt can mm -hmm. kind of really come up as well. Uh, and I think the antidote is very much what Kathleen is saying, though, like, hey, you know, you get to be on your journey. So whatever type of relationship you have with the person who caused you harm, like, that's great. That's beautiful whatever it is, it's yours, it's your life, it's your choice. Maybe other people won't get it or understand it. Uh, and if you're having any sort of challenge or struggle, that's okay. And very importantly, what Kathleen was saying, like, oh my gosh, like we're adults now. I think that's one of the biggest things that happens around 
in many ways, any area of healing of trauma is like we lose connection with our adult self and we drop back in to that child self. And so we, we don't see the choices that we have, what we have access to today. So that actually can be a really great exercise to do with yourself before you go to any event. Uh, like, okay, so what's different about me now compared to when I was a child, mm-hmm. right? Um, what are the resources that I have now that I didn't have then? What are the choices that I have now? What's the support that I have now? So you can really start to distinguish that difference between past and present so that we don't end up kind of collapsing those two and then dropping you know, out of our adult empowered self. Rachel, that was so good. <laughs> I just love the way you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I was on mute. Yes. <laughs> um, it, just, it hits, it hits so intensely too. Cause like I, like I, as an adult, you know, it's like putting myself back into that space of harm because I'm like, well, having the thoughts of like, well, I don't want this person to think, and well, what about this? And all these other layers of guilt and shame around needing to be safe and needing to be protected. And like, you know, having that um, personal agency. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, yeah, it's really interesting to stare it right in the face. And, you know, as you mentioned, the separating of, you know, what it was like to be a a helpless, defenseless child versus what it's like to now be an adult and taking on that empowerment. If I could add another piece to that, um, one of the things that I know I had to deal with in my family was um, another type of guilt, which is religious guilt. Um, Because people in my family was like, well, you have to forgive because, the word says, and I'm like, I don't have to forgive this person. I don't care about this person. Then they were like, oh, if you don't care about the person, well, you're certainly not doing the work of Jesus Christ because he loved everybody. I'm like, this person could actually go to hell. That 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 is my thought for that individual. <laughs> I don't care about them. Right. And I feel like I'm safe to say that I don't want anything to do with them, not even forgiveness. And I know people teach differently, but that's my experience. And I, because I do have a super religious family, I I refuse to feel guilty because I didn't choose to forgive this person. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that I'm like walking around carrying this person on my back, on my shoulders. It's just like, I removed that person from my life. It happened. I know it happened. I'll never forget it happened. But I don't have to let that person take residence in my head on a daily basis. And so I can move on, right, with my life without being challenged with those thoughts every day. So I think that's another part of, you know, don't let anybody hold you guilty. Don't let anybody force you to do something that may be healing for other people, but it may not be healing for you. And for me, that piece was not healing for me. And that's the choice I made. And then 
it took a little while, but then my family really got a hold of what I was saying and respected my decision. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just be cognizant of that as well. Like not everybody heals the same way. Not, not everybody uses the same tools as the next person. What worked for one may not work for you. It's all, you know, varying factors in that. So that's what worked for me. And I just wanted to add that little piece. Absolutely. Everybody's experience is unique and different and special to them. So thank you for putting that in because, you know, this is, these are, these are simply tools. Um, this is not a rule book. So. Right. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to one of the, the most important things to not feel guilty about, which is if you don't want to go. <laughs> like if you just don't want to engage, like you just don't even like, no, like I'm just a no. And like all of that pressure like but it's a holiday but it's a birthday but it's a whatever like like you can be a no and just flat out not participate or you know one of my clients there was one um niece who she just really loved and wanted to be in relationship with and they talked often and these holiday or you know family gatherings would come around and every time she would be like well my niece is there so I have to go and I'm like girlfriend please you can see your niece in another way <laughs> like you could have a post Xmas party and just be you and her like we can get creative if there are people there who we really want to see and enjoy the day with like these days are so arbitrary anyway somebody made them up at some point and said this is the day that we do this thing um so now they have Christmas in June together <laughs> every year right and they meet up and they go on a trip together right so we can break the mold and mm -hmm. we aren't obligated and I think that is just uh something you'll probably hear us reiterate over and over again in our conversation today because one of the very first things we learn through trauma is the we don't have a choice that's what trauma teaches us you don't have a choice you have to be at the mercy of somebody else's needs and wants and and we have to unlearn that Mm -hmm. And so we have to make sure that we're choosing always from the place of, you know, power and want to, and never from the place of fear or obligation. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Let's talk about, this brings us to our first point. Let's talk about creating a game plan. You know, like you don't have to go, you don't have to be there. And what else, you know, going into, into these spaces? Well, I think, um, definitely have a game plan right uh ha have a have a friend or a relative that you've already probably had these conversations with um and let them know hey i'm going to be there but i'm going to have to going to lean on you right um because i need a friend i need an ally <laughs> i need someone there who's sympathetic to what i'm going through in the moment because you will be triggered um and you know, definitely if you're standing there at the dinner table and this person is within, you know, inches of you, you're going to be triggered. That's just a real thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been in situations like that. Um, and I'll share one story about my mom had a birthday party. And at the birthday party, the person who harmed me was going to be present. So my family knows uh, all about everything because I'm the mouth uh, that told <laughs> And um, so they know all about everything. And so what happened was um, before I went to the event, I had a whole game plan. So I had call, already called my friends uh, in which my friends grew up with me. So they're coming to my mom's birthday party too, because it was a big party. Um, it, we had it at like a location. It was big. My mom's very well known, all that kind of stuff. So she has friends 
that our friends grew up eating off our kitchen table. So, you know, that's just how it was. So nevertheless, everybody showed up and I told my friends, hey, after this, because this person is going to be there, I just want to make sure I have uh, somewhere to go. Plus, I had to drive two miles to the party. Um, and so I, I, not two miles, two hours <laughs> to get to the party. <laughs> so my game plan was, um, to make sure my family knew I was going to be there so they could support me. Um, and guys really reach out to your family members and let them know you will, you will need to be supported. Don't just think people are going to automatically assume, oh, let me show up for her like this. You have to let people know how to show up for you. Um, and so I let them know, hey, I need you to show up for me in this way because I'm coming to this party. And I told my friend, I said, I'm going to stay the night at your house uh, instead of being around my relatives. I'm not going to go over to one of their house because I don't want to talk about this all night. And so I said, I want to come over to your house. So that's how I prepared to show up for that event. And the whole time I was there, my family members and friends were checking on me to make sure I was OK because that other person was there. I felt so supported. I mean, I can't even explain to you what it means to have people that you love and trust who also are full, fully aware of your situation to support you in real time. Not, not wait till ha after the whole event and then be like, girl, are you okay? No, in real time, they're walking up to me and saying, are you okay? Do you need anything? Go to the bathroom if you need a break. And those are the, that's what I did. I would go to the bathroom and just be like, oh, God, oh, you know, <laughs> and then go back in. Yeah, right. Because I also wanted to enjoy the night. I also wanted to see, you know, be there with my mom who was enjoying the night. And, you know, my brothers were there, my nieces, my nephews. It was a fun time. So I don't want to miss out on everything just because of that. And then after that, I went to my friend's house. She had cooked. She had plans for us to go out and we finished the night. I got up the next day and I drove home and I was able to enjoy the event. Forget them people. Forget the people that hurt you. Right. I want to use another F word. You can forget <laughs> those people. You have a right to enjoy your life past your trauma. And I really want us to understand that. But you do need a strategy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, that's so well said. Thank you for sharing that story. I just, I love the love that you surrounded yourself with. And one of the skills that you've clearly developed is your capacity to ask for support. Mm -hmm. And that's so critical. And sometimes it is one of the hardest things for us because boy, we're good at going it alone. Like we're, we can be very independent. We can be very singularly uh, minded for those of us who've experienced trauma. And um, so building out that support system is super, super critical. I love the advice to get really specific, like tell people actually how to support you, mm -hmm. give them words, give them language, you know, um, and, uh, and then what I would add to that, as far as your game plan that you're kind of what the thinking through that you're doing before you're actually at an event. I would think through, are there any specific scenarios that cause you high levels of distress? Mm -hmm. And is there anything that you could do that could potentially minimize or reduce the risk of it happening? So I'll give you a, a, an example. One of my clients um, was uh, for, t for decades had been going to this holiday party 
and it was a mix and mingle kind of a thing and then a sit down dinner and she was always fine during the mix and mingle part of the the night didn't feel triggered didn't feel activated kind of moving through the scene with the person who abused her uh there but at dinner all the time she would end up sitting next to the person who abused her so I said, okay, let's talk this, let's think this through a little bit, <laughs> because of course that was miserable to spend, you know, hours sitting there. I said, let's just brainstorm and see if we could think about any way that we could potentially minimize or reduce the risk of that happening again this year. So we talked around a couple of different ideas. And what we finally landed on is she decided to go to the party early and take three jackets with her. And she got to the party and she went to the dining room and she put those three jackets on chairs. Love a universal symbol of do not sit here, <laughs> right? And so they party, 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 party. Dinner time comes, she goes, she sits down in that middle chair and the person who abused her goes and sits somewhere else. Mm. She took away the jackets, two people dropped in who she was more than happy to sit next to. I mean, the first time in 10 years, but, and- what a different experience for her. So sometimes this is when we're what we're talking about when we think about empowered self, adult self, choice, like, whoa, like if we just sometimes step back from a situation and get creative, sometimes we'll find solutions. In this case, she actually eliminated the risk of it happening. He went and sat somewhere else. So I think spending a little time thinking through any scenario that feels particularly triggering or particularly challenging and just asking the question, is there any way that I could minimize and reduce the risk of that? Is there a conversation I could have, a request I could make, something creative like that, um, bringing some jackets uh, sort of a situation? I think that that can really help. Um, so yeah, there might be other ideas, but I think that's the main one that I want to share right now. Yeah. That's incredible. I heard both of you sharing from a space of communication and how important that is, whether it be verbal or nonverbal, asking for help or setting a boundary. Like all of those are really, really critical. Um, I know that I had to ask for help from some family members for uh, an event that happened when I was an adult. So like it just completely different part of um, you know, different level of the growth, but actually being able to reach out and say, hey, I can't be around this person. And then watching them like flock to, to that level of like, okay, we got it. We got your back. We understand. And no, don't worry. Like, as a matter of fact, next time I see him, <laughs> go be smoked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really, really beautiful. I appreciate everything. Um, so we talked about we talked about allies. We talked about emotional protection, um, having fun, like that's huge. Um, and this is actually this one. This one is in the realm of communication. And I just want to highlight it. Um, asking who's coming, mm. you know, like who is actually going to be there at the event. Um, I think that's a, a big step to to demand to demand your power and agency be considered, regardless of what else is happening over there. Um, yeah, love that. So let's talk. Oh, go ahead. Was there something? No, you just made me think about how you know we have to get past. I think 
you know, the, the fear and the people pleasing in order to do a lot of the things that we're talking about here today. Um, you know, Kathleen just has it so right. We get to put ourselves first. We get to prioritize ourselves. And when some people, you know, you might be hearing me say that, and it might sound like a complete foreign language to you right now, depending on where you are in your healing journey. Like I know for me to advocate for myself at a certain place in my healing was, it felt, you know, monumental. And so when you can find that one person, like maybe you don't have the capacity, but maybe you have that person. It just made me think about last night talking with a friend who's, it's a completely different topic, but struggling with something. And I was like, oh, I have a friend who could probably help you with that. But I could see like, she didn't even have the capacity to make the request, right? Of our mutual friend. I was like, let me do the texting. Let me do the asking, right? And so I've had clients who like their husband is the one or their partner is the one who does some of that, that you're recommending Nika. Like, hey, let me just check in about the, the, the guest list for you, right? Like, so I just want to put that on the table that you can ask for help around those things too, if it feels scary or hard to do. I think the most important thing too is we're, is we're encouraging people maybe to start doing things that they haven't done. Like they've never probably done any of this. And I think the most, I think it's important just to start. Um, when I first started advocating for myself and, and my emotional and mental well-being and safety, um, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to the family, right? Because I'm, I'm asking, I'm letting them know, hey, I'm not going to be present because this person is there. Uh, I'll share an even deeper story. So my daughter is the product of rape, right? My daughter's beautiful. <laughs> She's an adult now. Um, she has her own children. She's still the product of rape um, at the end of the day. So the person who raped me and impregnated me is married to a family member. Um, so when my daughter, and this is very deep and personal, but I'm just being transparent, when my daughter was ready to get married, I went with her to choose her wedding gown. Uh, she got this very pretty, um, I think it ended up being a Vera Wang gown. It was so pretty. So, uh, but she has a relationship with her, uh, with the guy, right? So I don't, it, it's, it's very, um, uh, what's the word? It's, it's such a, it's such a, I'm looking for a word, but anyway, it's such a emotional, uh, twist, right? It's like a dichotomy. You got one thing going on one side, you got something going on the other. So for her, I said to her, I have to tell her, hey, if you want him to be a part of something, I'm not going to make you, make you feel guilty about it because at the end of the day, that dude is still your dad, right? And she needs connection because he's half of who she is. Um, but at the same time, I have to step away, and there are many instances like that where even on her wedding day, my daughter had to make the choice. Do I want my mom there or this other person and that side of the family? It can get so hard. It can get so hard. But, um, you know, I have to stand on what I need, um, even when it's in close, even when it's the closest, most dearest person to my heart, my daughter my, my, whoever it is, I still have to be able to say, um, hey, I can't show up for this. And so we had to divide the time, like, hey, I can come to the after event if that person is going, like I can come to the reception or whatever. <clears throat> Ended up the pandemic caused a lot of uh, 
extra nuances and she ended up having her wedding at this beautiful park. It was so beautiful. Like it's this beautiful space that was outside. So we weren't in a building and I, I wasn't feeling like, oh, he's right there. You know what I mean? Um, and he didn't show up for the wedding anyway, but I was still able to make a choice to show up because I felt like the area wasn't going to be as confined. And at that time, um, of course, my husband was there to support me as well. But my daughter and her husband supported me as well. And because I did let them know. And see, sometimes we can't find the support because we're not being clear about what we need. And if you're not being clear about what you need, there's no way people can support you. Initially, it may be tough. But over years, over time, they will develop a sensitivity for you as well. And then that will help them be able to um, blend their support. Because I have some family members who, uh, I don't have any family members except for the person he married to, who is cool with him. Uh, but on my side, they're there for me and supporting me. And that's what's important. And I don't try to take over the support. I don't try to cause a fight, right? I'm not there saying every time you see him, stab him, you know, punch him in the face, you know. I'm just saying, hey, every time he's around, can you make it more comfortable for me or know that I require a certain level of comfort? I require a certain level of support. Like, and if you don't let people know that, there's no way you're going to get a not even an inkling of the support that you need and you do need support. So, you know, make sure you ask for it and you're very clear and just start the process because that's a part of your healing as well. Start to have these conversations, start to let people know what your needs are, start to understand that not everyone is going to understand, but you will develop some relationships where people do understand and will support you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, that reminds me, the two points that you made, uh, environment, you know, and whether or not you feel trapped, that like being outside and like having that extra space and the and the breadth of being able to like just walk away um, as a solution, I think that's huge. And then to your point, Rachel, with the friend with the jackets, it's like, that's another way to not feel trapped, like having your emotional energy encroached on. I know for myself, like, I have a hard time sharing vulnerably in a room with doors open. Like, it's not even about if the whole place is empty. It's like, that makes me feel safe. <laughs> Knowing that like, these are the parameters here. So I think, you know, the things that you're sharing are, are really huge that where you need the environmental energy shifts. Yeah. Um, we have a comment from the chat. It says, it must be so hard to ask for support when you want to hide. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, in, in the work that I do and beyond surviving, it's, um, you know, finding the place in which we can actually advocate for ourselves is all about starting small. So we're giving you lots of different ideas and lots of different ways. And the encouragement is like, pick one thing. You don't have to do all of the things, you know, number one. And, and what is going to bolster and make all of that easier is is the work that we have to do to address shame mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day you know if we're still rooted in a place of self-blame or self-judgment not deserving 
then advocating for ourselves is, is difficult. And so there are kind of underpinning layers of healing that will ultimately be a foundation on which to build speaking up. But it can also be like, it's almost like a circular feedback loop, right? And you kind of jump on the circle wherever you need to, because when you just take a risk and speak up for yourself in a small, doable, accessible way, then that feeds your self-esteem that breeds confidence. And then if you see that feedback or that support being applied, then you know you feel loved and cared for. And so then that bolsters you even more. Um, but sometimes people really do need support um, around um, releasing that shame. Even just like a big part of the Beyond Surviving program is just how do you actually ask for support? Because <laughs> like, you know it, it, it isn't, communication isn't intuitive. It's a learned process. It's a learned thing. And so sometimes we need just straight up skills to help us with that. And then that makes it easier. So, um, you know, and the whole being, I'm supposed to be invisible and I want to stay hidden. The This is a common, you know, survival strategy um, to like the, the smaller I make myself, maybe they won't see me, maybe they won't harm me, maybe I won't be in the line of fire. And so the practice of being seen is also happening here and allowing yourself to to be known to be like what do you need what do you want that's vulnerable but it's well worth it and that's the thing like tapping into the mm -hmm. what's to gain and what's the value and what's the benefit of doing all of that can help spur us on and help us move past the place of fear and the old patterning that's been there so that we can create something different for ourselves that was so good, Rachel. And I, I, I mean, um, wow, that was so, that was amazing because we don't think about, sometimes we don't think about um, that we have a right to create our own life. Like one of the things that the good Lord taught me in healing and, and starting my journey was like, you know, I never intended for you to be hurt. So let me show you what life looks like you know, we, I can't remove the hurt because it happened, but you're still entitled to a life. You're still entitled to who you are before the trauma. You're still entitled to, to be important and worthy and blameless, right? Because no nobody asks for it, right? So it's like, how do you begin to walk away from all you know, because you know the trauma, right? You know how you feel, you know the triggers, you know all of that, but what about life after that trauma? Do you know what that's like? Do you know that you can enjoy a day without this rehearsing in your brain? Because I used to go to sleep at night and have horrible nightmares and it was like I was in it, you know, again. And I'm like, my God, I'm 36, I'm 32, I'm, I'm sick of this. And so, I, you know, my question to the audience would be, you know, we know the trauma, we know how we feel, we know we're triggered, but do you know the other side? Mm. Have you tapped into the other side where you can walk into a room and don't feel like you're being swallowed up, where you can walk into a room and you don't feel like everybody's in your face and telling you you're a bad person? And I wanted to get to the other side. I wanted to get to a place where I did have advocates. I wanted to get to a place where I did have support. I wanted to get to a place where when, when, when now they call me and tell me, hey, that person is going to be there. What do you need us to do? 
or are you coming? And now they create events around me because of my needs. So now they'll say, hey, you know, for Thanksgiving is coming up, it's right around the corner. So my family said to me, we're going to do Thanksgiving at this house and at this place because Kathy, she needs to be around family too. So unless you start to understand you have a right to life after trauma, that you have a right to be happy, to have fun, to be around those family members who are not a part of the person, who, they're not the person who harmed you, right? You have other family members. Yeah. So you all can also plan an event on Thanksgiving day, maybe Thanksgiving morning, they're there, but Thanksgiving evening, they're with you. So there are a lot of things, and I like what uh, Rachel said earlier about um, how that, per that person who was victimized was trapped. And so she thought, hey, let me bring some jackets so this person doesn't end up sitting beside me. Um, first of all, if they would have sat beside me, I would have been like, are you freaking kidding me? Hello. <laughs> and go sit somewhere because you are not sitting beside me. But sometimes you're in families that are very conservative. You're in families where they won't allow you to, to speak yeah. and say you were harmed. You're in families where they want to push it up under the rug so deep until they've muzzled you and they don't even know they've muzzled you. Mm -hmm. So you do have to become an advocate for yourself and you do have to push yourself to get to the other side so you can enjoy your life that you're entitled to. You're entitled to enjoy life. That's your right. So, yeah. 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 Ooh, that gave me goosebumps. Oh right? <laughs> it's so powerful. And it's such a strong, important message for everyone to hear. The thought that came to me as you were sharing that was, first of all, I mean, what a badass family you have. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yes. And I felt a moment of sadness because I know I've had conversations with clients who, even as they advocate for themselves, even as they ask for what they need, the people in their family are just not up for it. So I also want to just put on the table that family, those friends who are family mm. is really important too and legit. You know, uh, if you find yourself, you've made the request, you've advocated for yourself, you've told people what you need and they just, for whatever reason, they don't have the capacity or the willingness to love you and support you and surround you. Um, you again can say no like I don't have to keep trying to beat my head against this wall to try to get something from someone who doesn't have it to give and you can cultivate and create experiences because coming back to what Kathleen was saying earlier the, the end of the, the day these holidays these these dates on our calendars are moments for pause they're a moment to to take some reflection and to consider you know, either what am I grateful for? Or what are the blessings in my life? Or, oh my gosh, celebrating another year of an adventure or a journey. And um, they're meant to, to be a place where we get to enjoy ourselves and have fun. And so cultivate that, you know, create that. Right. For yourself, right. Whatever way it looks. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'm hearing you say, both of you, is a sense of self-importance. Yes. Like, make, <laughs> make your needs important at the end of the day, no matter what it looks like from anyone who is supporting you or not in your family or not, like how you feel is important above anything else. Yeah. Um, we talked a bit about nervous system 
And I want to get into a little bit of like, what is actually happening during those moments? Well, so on a, on a nervous system level, what happens? And I mean, you want, do we want to go great, really deep into the science? Cause I will geek out. <laughs> so- <laughs> No, any big words, not big words, any (laughs) complex words you use, please define them for anyone who may not know. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, like when I started to understand the neuroscience of trauma, both in the con, it helped me understand the context of what I experienced when I was being traumatized and then everything that kind of came after that. But then certainly in present day when my system would become activated, why I would experience, you know, the things that I was experiencing. So, you know, what we want to first really understand is that trauma is an injury to the brain Mm. and to the nervous system. Mm. It's the same as if like you have a broken leg and it's really, I think, very helpful to frame trauma as an injury, because then we start to think about, well, how do we heal the injury? right? If you broke your leg, you wouldn't walk around for the rest of your life with like, well, darn, I guess I have a broken leg, right? Like, no, like you would, there are steps to resolve that. And so same with trauma. And what is happening neurologically is that we have experiences that set off the, um, I love neurons, the the definition of neurons is um, excitable, they're excitable energy. (laughs) So they get all excited and they buzz around and they bump into each other and we create neuronal pathways. So these pathways hold the data and the associations from events that we experience. So the first time you go to the ocean, a neuronal pathway gets created and it holds the data, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the textures, the emotions, the feelings that were present. And then 20 years later, you can be sitting on your couch watching a show and the ocean will come on and you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that time when I was a kid and I was there and and you can even maybe smell, you'll have like sensory experiences. You might notice a sense of peacefulness. So that's really lovely when it's a day at the beach, but when we're talking about trauma, that's not so easy to work with, right? So we hold data that gets stored and associated with trauma and danger. So sights and sounds and smells and language and sensations. And so we can be out walking in our world and, you know, maybe we, a scent comes around and it's similar. It doesn't even have to be exactly the same. It's just close Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. And so the brain is constantly interpreting the incoming data and the thalamus is an amazing part of the brain. It's like the bouncer of your brain. It decides, is this incoming data good, bad, safe, dangerous? But when we've experienced trauma over an extended period of time, thalamus becomes kind of like a little scaredy cat. (laughs) So like all the data, danger, 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 danger. So if any of you experience a feeling of like hypervigilance, highly anxious all the time, it has to do with this thalamus amygdala connection. So the thalamus processes this data, sends the information to the amygdala, and the amygdala is like your oh shit center of your brain, um, at least a part of the amygdala. Did you know the amygdala also helps with arousal and pleasure? I bet you didn't. It's wow. amazing. <laughs> yeah, like it's so wild that it's both our fear center and our pleasure center. 
okay, whoever made the brain, I see you like sense of humor. Okay, great. But so the amygdala gets triggered, it gets set into its, you know, danger, danger mode. And that's what sets off our freeze fight flight response. Meantime, the data is also being sent from the thalamus to the prefrontal cortex. So this is the part of the brain that does all of our executive functioning and higher order data processing. It's where we get focus and motivation from. And the medial prefrontal cortex has a pathway back to the amygdala that can basically override activation. Now, all of you have experienced this process. Like you're walking along and something falls right next to you. What do you immediately do? Jump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just jump. And that is the thalamus amygdala, that very quick response. Like we're not thinking about, should I jump, <laughs> right? We just do it. But then we look and we go, oh, it's just a stick. That's that slower process of the thalamus to the medial prefrontal cortex, back to the amygdala. So when we are, when we are in environments where we are feeling a sense of danger, whether perceived or real, because the brain doesn't actually distinguish, but there is a perceived threat, that amygdala sets off and it starts flooding our system. And when that's happening, it turns down different parts of the brain. So it'll turn down the prefrontal cortex, which is why all of a sudden I can't problem solve anything. Like I know I should probably do something in this moment to support myself, but I can't think about what it would be. It's because the amygdala is overriding your problem solving center. The amygdala also overrides your speech center. This is why we often have a hard time speaking when we're activated. So I want to say something in this moment, but I really can't. I wanna ask for help in this moment, but I can't even access my speech. It also fusses with the hippocampus, which is what grounds us in our time and space. So the most severe experience of that is a flashback when you kind of lose all sense of time and space and it feels like you, you've dropped back in to something. Mm -hmm. That's different from a memory. Memory is just memory. But a flashback is when you have that kind of loss of sense of time and space. So you're at the party, you're drinking your cocktail, you're having a good time. And then, you know, this person rolls up and all of a sudden that whole process starts. It's not uh, something that you can control. You can't stop the initial activation. And so then all of a sudden you want to turn to your friend to ask for help, but you can't speak, right? You start to have all these physical sensations. Your heart starts to beat. Your pounds get sweaty. Your face gets flushed. And then you start to like, oh my gosh, I can't think straight. What's going on? And so when we learn to take care of our nervous system, we're less easily triggered, right? And we can use adaptive skills to help us come out of moments of activation. And that's really like the, the, the heart and soul of the work I do is really about teaching that. Like, what would you do in that moment? If you can't speak, if you're not thinking straight, what are the other things that you can do to help bring your nervous system back online so that you can handle what's happening in the moment? Did I go too deep, y'all? Just tell me. No. Like, well, I'll just <laughs> is it helpful are we going in a, in the right direction with that yeah i'm right there i think it i think it actually is good because it helps us kind of loop back around to uh the initial conversation um about being prepared for an event 
Yeah. Um, because those are times in order to keep your nervous system in balance, you do have to have people there that understand what you're going through. So if that person does walk by you, you do have to take bathroom breaks or breaks, you know, step outside for a minute and, you know, to help you stay regulated. Maybe for me, I'm going to the bathroom or I'm going to step outside. Now, during my mom's party, it was so cold because her birthday um, is in, during the cold season. So I had my coat and everything, but I'm like, I'm not going outside. So, <laughs> um, you know, you can step, you know, step into the bathroom or into a place. Um, and uh, I found... Um, uh, actually, I think it was my son-in-law who found a chair and placed it um, in a whole different quiet space mm. so that when I needed to take a break, I could just go sit in a chair and have a quiet place. Um, so you do have to learn because your system will become overwhelmed because you will be triggered. Let's just be real about it. It's going to happen. Um, nobody's ever going to, uh, I'm not going to say what nobody will ever do, but in my experience, you can't grow, outgrow trauma. You can't heal from it right you can learn how to manage it um but i don't think it'll ever be a day where you'll wake up and be like oh that never happened to me i mean people can suppress it um but if you're just trying to learn how to manage it then you do have to have ways where you can take breaks where you can just mentally shut down um and i'll like me i have a traumatic brain injury so i do have points where my system is is overstimulated um, even when I'm in the grocery store, sometimes I know I have about 20 minutes because after that, I'm going to get overstimulated and my body will literally shut down, like can't walk, can't talk, all types of things. So the nervous system, uh, what Rachel is saying is real. You will shut down. You will become nonverbal. You will not be able to respond and, and, and think and do all of those things. So it's important that you do have uh, a system set up and that you're clear, you're not going crazy, right? You're, you're, you know, it's not all those weird things. It is your nervous system, right? And it is going to take control and it will reduce you to fight or flight. And you don't want to be at an event and be reduced to fight or flight when you feel like, I just got to get out of here because you're overly anxious, but it will happen. So the best way to do with my TBI, if I become over anxious, they teach us a, a technique called palming where I have so much, like I'm in a dark room right now. You can't tell, right? But I'm literally, there are no lights on in this room. The only thing is open in which my house is up under a lot of trees, but the only thing is open is my, my blinds are kind of uh, slightly open. So it looks like it's lit in here, but it's not. <laughs> There's not even a light on. But the, that's the skill that I picked up on uh, from being in TBI groups. Um, that I participate in because I know I have been traumatized. My, I actually have a brain injury. But what Rachel is saying too, and Rachel, I hope you don't mind me just, I'm just calling your name. <laughs> but what Rachel is, is brought to the forefront too is that trauma does injure the brain. So you will need tools to help you manage. And I'm using my hands. But anyway, <laughs> you will need tools to help you manage. And the reason why is because on a daily basis, you want to have the best experience possible. Mm -hmm. I've been injured. I have a brain injury. I have to use the tools to make me have the best experience I can possible in life right now. So if that's taking time to do a face palm, which is normally 
um, three minutes, 60 seconds to three minutes, whatever it is, that's what I have to do, right? You, you, you just have to do it. And the more I do it, and the more I had to live with this, the more I developed my skills to help me maximize my day. And if you don't develop skills to help you maximize your day, then um, you'll fall back and you'll you'll have these horrible, horrible times when you have to reset because you have a very, your system is overwhelmed. And when your system is overwhelmed, you can force yourself to have a very hard reset. And I, I learned like, hey, your, your nervous system is being triggered. So now when I feel that, that overwhelming sensation, I know stop. Whatever I'm doing, just stop. Yeah. Take some time. Don't overwhelm your system. Don't overdo it. I can be washing the dishes. And if I'm washing the dishes and my nerves are starting, and that anxiety and everything is coming up, just stop. And it's the same way when you're at an event. You're going to be around this person. You're going to be in this environment. You're going to be in the room. You're going to be in that space. They are too. Have your friends there for support um, and then take your breaks or whatever tools you have. Maybe it's a little song you sing in your head that, that you practice and now you know, hey, I'm a bigger person now. I'm a bigger, I'm a bigger person now. I can handle this. I'm a bigger person now. Like whatever it is. Now I love Look, I can handle it. I'm a bigger person now. Whatever it is, have it there for you because what Rachel is saying and what she just broke down that I live with every day on another level, your system will be flooded with with it's almost like toxins. And you don't you don't want you don't want yourself to break down like that. So you know, you have to be conscious of the fact that this is a real thing that's happening. Your brain, the the all of the um, neurons being affected, that is a real thing. And sometimes victims don't realize how victimized they have been. You've been victimized to the point where your system is literally responding in real time. Yeah. So you need to be able to have some have the skill set and the tools that you need to manage all of that because all we're saying is that when you have those tools in place you're you're you bring yourself back into balance mm -hmm. and and we want you to be able to handle situations and bring yourself back into balance that's you know that's my line of thought mm, mm. i love that yeah yes. yes fantastic um fantastic so uh, I'm so sorry, Rachel. Did you want to say anything before we move into our raffle? Uh, ooh, it's raffle time! Oh my god, oh, no, why would I delay? I mean, sure, I might say something, but no, let's raffle. Yeah, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> look, whatever Rachel's raffling, I almost want to. I want a 28 day, whatever that is. Like, I, I'm like, what? What is Rachel doing? I listen, yeah. but I'm look. Send me one. Look. I, will give, I, will give you, I will give you free access, Kathleen. I'm more than happy to give Kathleen add you to the program. Yes. <laughs> Did you raise? She raised it. Me too. I am more than happy. Oh, and it's something God. I can share on my with my group where we talking about preventing child sexual abuse. Um, it, it sounds like a, a powerful resource, and I'm just listening to all the information you're sharing today, and I'm like. This is a person that people need to be connected to. People who do understand 
how to how to help people navigate this journey and is sympathetic to you know what victims go through you know and some people are sympathetic but they're not empowering so i feel good that you're a person yeah you're sympathetic and you're empathetic but you're also empowering people to be able to manage their lives and sometimes people don't realize how important that is because you do you you're still living after the trauma so you want to live you know you want to live your life as best as possible so that's what make, that makes me look at you like, hey, this is a person to connect with because, because of the amount of information you're sharing and, and what you're sharing, not just you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim, but hey, you can be empowered and you are entitled to life after trauma. So look, give me a 28 day. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're yes. That's really what I'm I love you, Rachel. Thank you. For that. Oh God, yes, yes. I, I'm so grateful to have both of you on. And and I feel that that was a good, that was a good pre-testimonial right there. Like, <laughs> um, okay, so while we are quantifying our entries, uh, I want to just share, I want each of us to share a bit more about what our actual offering is. Uh, we're going to have three winners today. And uh, the first one we're going to draw is the free coaching session with, with yours truly. So, um, so basically I'm offering an opportunity to sit down and uh, work on actually looking at what's there and what comes up for you, providing resources to make sure that you're empowered and moving through these spaces together so that you are, you know, that you're safe, you're held, there's compassion there and you're, you're not alone. You know, these are things that people step through every single day. And one of the big challenges is we think that we're alone. No one's going to understand this and that there aren't going to be there aren't going to be benefits from sharing. So we can come up with an action plan and accountability process that actually moves you towards what you need, uh, including wonderful information and access to the resources who of people who've been on the show, such as these two wonderful people. Um, Go ahead, Kathleen, can you tell us a bit more about your book? Um, and that'll be our second drawing. Go ahead. Awesome. So the name of my book is Hurt People Help People. I know we hear a lot about hurt people hurt people, but hurt people or per persons like myself um, who was harmed, my, my duty, my passion is to help people. And so I wrote the book, Hurt People Help People, and I will be offering that book um, to the individual whose name is chosen or drawn. And it's a book that's centered on prevention, right? And awareness um, to help parents also be able to share with their children how harm happens, who causes harm, where, where harm is caused. A lot of us have this, um, we believe uh, that, hey, that person is a teacher, that person is a doctor, that person is this or whatever their title is but title does not equal safety. There is no safety in a title whatsoever. So a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people have in their mind that when something like this happens, uh, a child is kidnapped and it's, it, you know, they are on this long journey and then they're molested. No, molestation takes place in less than a minute, less than 30 seconds. It, it takes that long to do something that is traumatizing to your child. So it, remove it, it removes all of this you know, far thinking that we have that it's some stranger, it's some, it's some bomb or it's some crazy looking person. No, it's your family member because 
over 88% of those who are victimized are victimized by someone close to the family or a family member. So it removes all of these myths that we have about child sexual abuse, you know, thinking it's some long drawn out story. No, it's happening every day in every place by people who look and talk just like me and you who are professionals, who hold degrees, millionaires, uh, the lady next door, grandparents, everybody is out here. Unfortunately, they're out here hurting our children. So that's what the book is all about to clear some of that up. But also in the book is an app and the app is all about reporting. The worst thing in the world that I hear uh, it's not only that a child is being molested, but that it's been taking place for the last five years of their life. Like, if I really want us to be able to empower our children to report as soon as something happens. So the app, the link to the app is in the book. You can also, uh, it also has cards that come in the book. They don't know, they no longer come in the, in the book because I have um, the app now. But um, you can order the physical cards if you would like. Um, and they really just break down and allow your children to tell what is happening. And the app allows them to do the same thing. They can give a description. They can give a name. They can tell the location. They can screenshot it. They can send it to you, whatever they want to do using the app. And so that is the book that I will be giving away to one of you individuals who joined us today. And thank you for joining us. And I'm Kathleen, the author of Hurt People, Help People. Beautiful. Rachel, tell us about this boot camp. First, I just have to say that is so genius, Kathleen. And I'm getting that book and I'm sharing it as my book of the month in the newsletter. And thank you for doing that work. Prevention and awareness work is something I'm just starting to dip my toe into. And it's deep and it's challenging. And I just like an app. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, it's just so genius. So just cheers and kudos to you for all the effort and work you've put into developing that badass love it so uh yes the 28 day boot camp for the brain this program i really developed through the lens of like this is these are the tools that i want if somebody has nothing else like you have to have this part so um, we're going to look at the five foundations for healing the nervous system it's a self-study program you'll receive everything on a day-to-day basis via email Um, And it's really going to support you in understanding more of the neuroscience of trauma. We touched on it a bit today, but we'll go even deeper in the program. You'll get lots of exercises. You're all probably noticing my work is always about the what do we do about it? Yes, theory, less information. Yes, reflection. But then what are we actually going to do to change things? So you're going to get practical, doable tools and strategies that are going to teach you um, how to retrain your brain how to heal the nervous system. And ultimately, you know, what we've been talking about today, being able to feel in charge uh, of your life again. So you'll have lifetime access to the materials. So you can either go at the pace as set forth, or you can slow it down, do it once at the pace and then come back. But um, all in all, it's really going to give you just a a really great um, foundation um, for nervous system regulation and healing. Oh, so grateful. So grateful to both of y'all. Okay, so let's go ahead and dig into this raffle. The first lucky winner of the coaching package with me is 
Dolly Poppers out there. Thank you, thank you for entering the raffle. Um, I will make sure to send you uh, access to your free gifts so that you can schedule with me uh, as, to, uh, as soon as the show is over. Thank you so much for entering. For the book, Hurt People Help People, what a lovely, lovely, lovely um, piece of tool and information. I think it's so profoundly beautiful. And the winner on that is Pina. We got you as a win on here and we'll make sure that you get that. Yeah, <laughs> Dolly and Tina, thank you, thank you. And for our 28 day boot camp with Coach Rachel Grant, we have our lucky winner, the All right, Trish. You have won the 28-day boot camp. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I love it. This makes me so happy. I'm super grateful for everyone who contributed and entered into the raffle. Um, this is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm really grateful that you, uh, that you participated today. So we have a bit more uh, in our resource conversation. This actually came up while you were sharing, Kathleen, is the conversation around kids and reporting. And I know when we were talking, the, uh, we were also talking about, you know, what do you do with your children in these situations, taking them, uh, having them be around people who've caused harm. And so I'd love to hear a bit more from each of you about what that actually, uh, what resources and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, parents need to, and I'm not criticizing parents for anything. I'm just speaking on awareness. Parents need to understand how to make their children aware of sexual predators first. Um, because that when we tell them, hey, don't let anybody touch you on your vagina or your, or your cookie pot or what, what all these little things that we say, um, that's, that's good. But in the mind of a child, most children would probably associate that with a complete stranger, right? They're, they're in general, they're gonna be thinking about some weird, some weirdo doing something weird to them. They're not gonna be thinking about their papa or their uncle or, um, you know, Coach Terry, you know, because he's close to the family. So I think a lot of, which is why I created um, the app and the cards because we really want the children to understand it could be anybody. And that's super weird to kids. It's just super, you mean my teacher would touch me on my, you know, it's just weird. As parents, we don't realize that because we don't think like children. We try to think for children and we miss the part of how children think. So, you know, first I would say, um, and I'm, I'm not just saying this so you can get my book, but either get my book or get a book like mine, because you really need to think about how children think about other people. And then you got to think about too, um, when it comes to molestation and rape, things like that with children, most of the time there's an established relationship. Um, so the child always carries a certain amount of guilt because they feel like they should have known better. They feel like they're going to disappoint you and all of those things. The best thing for me, in my opinion, and based on my experience and how difficult it was for me to tell my mom, I wish I had something in my hand, and now we're in a digital space, 
So a way for me to just tell somebody, this is what happened, because they're always going to feel weird about it. They may not know what that feeling is, but it would be nice to just be able to shoot somebody a message and say, hey, mom or dad or whoever, this happened. And I just want to share it with you. So one of the things I encourage in my book is to always have three people in every place. So I call that child locations of activities. When they go to school, they need three people they can tell, principal, teacher, whoever that's going to be. When they go to family functions, they need three people they can tell, not just you, but a, a cousin, an aunt, somebody, they need three different people. And why do I say three different people? Because sometimes you can tell one person and they don't do jack, but tell you to keep your mouth closed or, hey, don't tell nobody else this. We're going to work it out between ourselves. So they need three people in every place that they're in. So that's the tip I would that I would give, like at least have three people in every place that your children attends, whether that's church, the library, school, the, the places that your child are frequently at have at least three people that they can text message or tell um, if anything were to happen. Get them ready for the holiday season because that's when they're going to see people who are acting their best, having the most fun, and will still take you in the bedroom and do something inappropriate. So get them prepared to let them know this could happen even with your so-called best friend's mom. Like really let them know if anybody anytime and make it easy for them to tell text messaging is so easy and i think everybody has like a chromebook so they can send you an email i teach kindergartners and kindergartners have chromebooks they can they know how to email so so open it up to technology and allow them to have a resource to let you know Mm, that's so good. I've never really thought about the lens of using technology as the way to support a child in communicating what's happening for them. Thank you for that. That's super great. What I would add um, to what's already been offered is that I think there are kind of two conversations happening for me in my head. There's the the bigger overall, how do you as a parent or a caregiver or a guardian become empowered yourself? to have these conversations, to teach your child. Um, and so like Kathleen's book, um, I offer a training called The Empowered Parent that will come up again in April. It'll be after the holidays, obviously, but that's a place where we really talk about prevention and awareness and response um, to a child's disclosure or discovery. Um, and so sometimes we need to just be more shored up ourselves so that we're doing the ever ongoing conversation that needs to be happening with our children so that they are empowered. Speaking very specifically to, you know, okay, you're at the event, you're at a party, you know, all abuse and trauma happens um, in the context of it's not visible and it's not interruptible. And so thinking about the space that you're going to be in and are there any places where you just like child, you just don't go there, right? You stay here where you're visible, whether where actions, behaviors are interruptible. Um, and that's everything from, you know, the uncle who's like just forcing a hug, right? That counts to something, you know, severe. So um, try to keep that. It's really about minimizing one-to-one -one interactions ultimately. Uh, and so, you know, trying to give some thought to that. And then 
being a little bit on patrol, you know, like when, um, when I was a, a nanny for eight years, I would sometimes go to the holiday events or whatever. And um, most of the times I was right with the kids because that was my job. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I would have a moment where I got to go get some food or whatever, but, and the kids were kind of off playing together, but I literally just had to watch and just every, you know, 20 minutes walking by for sure within the frame of 20 minutes, something can happen, but what you're kind of signaling to the people around you is not on my watch. Like I'm here, I'm paying attention you know, you're not going to get away with much here. So that is just another strategy that I've used um, in situations. And I 100% want to just echo and reinforce what Kathleen is saying. When we have these conversations with our children, as uncomfortable as it is, being sure to say, if anyone touches you in a way that makes you feel icky or uncomfortable or scared, whether that's me your father, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, like literally give them the list. Because if you just say people, yeah, exactly. Their minds kind of go to this outward place. But when you put yourself in the mix, as well as these other people, then um, it lands a little better. And what's also true is you just need to have that conversation on a regular repeat basis, because a child will hear it one time and we think, okay, they got it. But actually, it could be years later and you tell them the same message and they go, oh, wait, you mean it could be somebody I know? Like that's actually happened with my um, co-presenter, Toby Stark, and her child um, for our program, The Empowered Parents. So, um, yeah, don't be don't be afraid, uh, you know, to, to name those things and bring it up because um, it's just so, so important. And try to avoid language that is good touch, bad touch. Um, that's not helpful languaging uh because sexual trauma sometimes feels good and so then that's confusing for the child do i talk about this i don't know it didn't feel bad it felt weird or scary but it didn't feel... yeah so just using that very explicit language of icky uncomfortable scary whatever is just better language um to use mm. thank you both that was really really good framing as you were sharing um, to echo to echo you, Kathleen, when you were sharing about the way that a child's brain thinks, like it's such a different reality coming from that kid's perspective versus an adult, especially when you don't have the templates and the assumptions of stereotypes about how this goes. And uh, I recall when I was a kid thinking that all the adults all knew each other and they were all on the same page about everything that was going on because they were grown. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And that was how my kid brain thought. As an adult, I'm like, I'll talk to people and they're like, wait, that? Wait, huh? And I'm like, you didn't know. <laughs> so it's very fascinating. It's very fascinating. And then to your point, Rachel, of like, icky, scary, like, you know, things like that where kids can relate to it because good touch and bad place and good place and bad place are things that are going out the door. They're, they're vague, they're uh, hard to understand and communicate, and they provide more stigma. So the way that you're setting that up and talking about it and even saying, you know, like, even if it's me, you know, like, so that the kid has agency to say, hey, this didn't work whatever it was, whatever it is. So I think those are hugely helpful. Thank you both. Um, 
And then we touched a bit on aftercare. And I, I think, you know, do you have anything else that you want to say for people who are uh, who are in these spaces and and just to, yeah, just to wrap up their experience? I definitely would say for aftercare, be prepared. Um, be prepared, whatever your thing is, like, um, and don't feel, don't feel bad that you were triggered or whatever the experience was. And now you need to kind of get all that icky off of you. <laughs> like you need to get that funk off of you. So, you know, be prepared to do something great for yourself. Um, I used to have this thing where wherever I wanted to lift myself up before I developed this crazy allergy that I have, I would go to Merv's Candy and get me a Merv's Candy apple. And that was my thing just to lift me up. I'm like, I don't care. Give me that $8 candy apple, $12, whatever they cost. I'm like, listen, I just, I just conquered a day. I deserve this Merv's caramel candy apple with pecans on it. And I would get it. So whatever your thing is, whether it's uh, a lavender bath, whether it's listening to music, like whatever it takes to just bring you back down to your full balance of yourself, you know, then that's what you need, whether it's a, a Starbucks caramel macchiato. My daughter asked me this morning, do you like Starbucks? I said, the only thing I get is the caramel macchiato. She was like, okay. So um, just whatever it needs to be for you. Maybe you need to come home and scream, right? And just get it off of you. Whatever it is, just be like, you know what? Cuss three times, just whatever it is. Whatever it is that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to go for a drive. All I'm saying is that be prepared, be prepared to do whatever it takes for you to bring yourself back in harmony with the world that you desire to live in, right? You're not living in their world. You are living in your world that you have the power to create and that you are entitled to. So be prepared to take whatever action it is afterwards to bring you back into balance. Yeah, mm. ditto, ditto, ditto. The only strategy that I would add to that is what what we know is often happening when we're in these kinds of environments is there is there are some levels of suppression. So you might want to punch that person in the face. <laughs> they might say something and you might want to be like, oh, hell no, but you don't say it out loud because you're in this environment. You're trying to maybe manage um, the social situation. <laughs> so there might be things that you wish you could have said or things that you wish you could have done while you were there that you suppressed. And so I think for me, a really important practice is when I get back into my safe space, I give myself permission to do that. So that's everything from like literally acting that out, like, ooh, I wish I could have punched him in the face, right? Like I will punch a pillow, right? And release that energy so that it doesn't get stored in my body. Uh, for me, it's often language. So I will do what's called a spew letter and I'll just spew it out, right? Sometimes I say it out loud, but usually writing for me is more effective. And so I'll just go through and like, I wish I could have said this. I wish I could have said that. I wanted to say this. And uh, in that way, like it's kind of like getting it said after the fact. So it doesn't get stuck in my system and in my body. I love that as a process. Um, and I'm adding caramel apples to my um, self-care routine. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how good those were until you said I was like, oh yeah, those are actually really great. They're sticky. You feel like a kid. Like it's just great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh God, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I am a sweets reward too. Like you know, the whole I, I'll 
brownies is what popped into my head. I love chocolate. Mm. Um, and, and I love the framing. I love the framing of like, I'm giving myself a reward. I'm giving myself a treat. I just came through something intense. You know, I, I did it. It, you know, I, I, I made it, I, it happened. I was in everything I needed to be. I did everything that I could do. And now I deserve to treat myself to something special. Mm-hmm. You just made me think that I think one thing that I used to fall into is after something that was challenging, my brain likes to go back and rehearse it all again. I should have said that, I should have done that differently. And there can be some learning there, but most of the time we only wanna look at the places where we think that we fell short. And I think that does us such a disservice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look at the things that you wanna celebrate. Yeah, like your hell yes, (laughs) you know? Um, and put your focus on that. How did I do that better? Even if I got triggered, look at that. I didn't stay triggered as long as I did last time, or I really self-soothed. I really took care of myself, um, whatever it is, but look for your wins in those moments and don't focus on the places where you think that you fell short or you got tripped up, you know, give yourself a lot of grace, a lot of compassion. And I'm hearing a lot of chocolate. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you pointed. I'm glad you uh, pointed that out, Rachel, because we don't know we're winners. We were traumatized, but we're still winners, mm-hmm. and we don't focus on the fact that we are winners. And every time we we go to an event or whatever happens, and we come out, and you know, I remember sometimes where I would end up in the fetal position for weeks, for days, just horrible. But now I'm able to celebrate more wins. And that's important to me. So I encourage everybody, just what Rachel just said, don't focus on, you know, how angry you were in that moment and how you wanted to choke them. And I'll just focus on, I'm good. I'm, I am good. Okay. I just was in that person's presence. I came home. I'm good. You won. Okay. And just kind of focus in on that. And then like Rachel is saying, over time, if you you know something about being rewarded, and I teach kindergartners, something about being rewarded, boy, just lights you up, makes you feel good, and, and makes you feel like you're superwoman or superman. So listen, get used to rewarding yourself for healing, for overcoming, for moving past your trauma. Yes, we all know it is real, but guess what? We still are entitled to life. So let's live our best life. Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, we're going to wrap up in just a second. I wanted to quickly double back uh, to one thing that was shared in our pre-conversation around self-harm. Yeah, could we just take a quick second to address that? Uh, Because I don't want to leave it out for anyone who's watching. Oh, Rachel. So self-harm through the lens of... Oh, sorry. I'll be specific. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's a big category. (laughs) It is. No, so actually, I think it was you, Kathleen, we were talking about uh, going home for the holidays and like doing things to yourself to be in that space. So what came up uh, that stood out was like smoking and drinking. Oh. That, yeah. Um, Maladaptive coping strategies, like falling back into that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know for me, um, you know, on your on your healing journey as you're healing, 
you want to make sure you are healing and not just trading off, right? Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm healing, but, but I need, you know, some Xan, uh, not Xanax, but you know, some, some illicit drug or something illegal, or I'm going to smoke 15 packs of cigarettes a day. Um, just make sure you're not, even if the, if, when you're going through these situations, say like you got to be present for the holidays or for Christmas or whatever it is, don't allow yourself mentally to break down to the point where now you're harming yourself. It's like, oh yeah, I'm here, but I'm triggered. So now you just, you know, you're turning back the drinks, you know, it's one drink and you're turning back another one. And by the time you leave, you're drunk, you're out of your mind. You know, if you practice what uh, we've been talking about today, having a whole game plan, finding people who can support you because we don't want you to have that hard reset. Um, if you, if you crash and burn and then you got to spend a week just building yourself back up so you can do minimum things. And I, I, you know, I shared this once before on a podcast, but, um, I would, you know, be triggered and then I would end up, I only had enough energy to go to work and come back home. I was barely eating because I spent all that time in the fetal position, just, you know, not even able to take care. I can get up and shower. Sometimes I wouldn't even shower. I would just get up and brush my teeth because I know I had to go to work. Don't self-harm. And when I was younger, I used to practice self-harm. I would burn myself. I would cut myself. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just used to do it because I was traumatized. I didn't even know there was such a thing as self-harm, but it is a real thing because it's a response to the pain that you're experiencing. And I don't know why we do it because it's like, you're not going to stop pain with pain, but that's just how the mind works in a, in a weird way. Um, and so you have to unpack all of that, but also, um, yeah, be conscious of the fact of what you're doing to yourself. That's not going to help you. It's not. And I'm not criticizing you or anything because people deal with things in different ways. All I'm saying is that I would prefer if I had a preference, right? <laughs> that you learn how to manage in a way that will help you be successful and that will bring you up, bring you back into balance and where you're not having to have hard resets because those hard resets make it hard on you. So, um, so yeah, glad you brought that up. Just take care of yourself. And when I say take care of yourself, I can't tell you enough, forget those people. Do what you need to do. If you need to leave early, if you need to take several breaks, whatever you do, don't harm yourself. And harming yourself means you stay too long. So now you feel like in order for you to make it through the night, you got to take three drinks. That's harming yourself. So just be conscious of the fact and do whatever you have to do to stay in a healthy place. Mm, thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you everybody out there for joining us today. This is the ITCAST Real Talk on Sex, our community outreach podcast that increases diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. Through this work, we are creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. We do have some upcoming events. Uh, the Global Sexual Health and Freedom Summit is going to be back February 4th and 5th, 2023. Please go get your tickets now. You can register at sexhealthsummit.com. Uh, also, get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me by filling out the... Uh, 
Calendly in my link tree to go ahead and book a connection session where we can discover what will empower you. Uh, ask anything, ask us anything you want to hear on the show. Thank you for all the comments today, all the people who entered the raffle, everyone who has been with us on this journey. It really means a lot. Um, you can get access to our bonus content. We're about to hop over to uh, the after chat and just talk a little bit about how the show went. So you can see that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nika Sherelle. Learn more about our work at theitcast.com. Subscribe to this YouTube channel and share this work with your community. Thank you so much for joining us today. Amazing. Thank you, Nika, for hosting and leading. Thank you, Nika. Thanks for Love it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I'm starving. Oh, oh no. You're starving. I know. I'm like, okay, time for lunch. I'm in the same boat. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Oh, I was, I scarfed like literally in between wardrobe and <laughs> in starting soon. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so if it works for y'all to have a quick little like wrap up chat, that's great. Uh, please eat if you need to. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm curious how how was it? How are you? Where are you at in your oh, life? So cool. Yeah, not with food, but with love and wisdom and community and sisterhood and all of those things. It's such a blessing to just be in conversation and yeah that's how I'm feeling revved up yeah yeah <laughs> um, I thought it, it was it was really amazing I really enjoyed listening to both of you speak so eloquently about the work that you do um your experiences um just so much um that mostly what I loved about this session was how much really good information and resources mm -hmm. you both gave. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot of information there and a lot of support that anyone who's going through all of that um, can really use. It was so, this this was the, um, what what's the word community, not community serving, but this was like the most community serving research, yeah, resources based, a podcast we've had in a in a while so I just definitely loved it and thank you so much for what you both do for the world thank you thank you thank you I just um I mean the information I I just love the way Rachel is able to break things down I I, I just I just I just love it it was a lot of good information I think she really served the audience by you know, giving them good examples and explaining things where they could understand it. And she really dug deep without, you know, sometimes you have a conversation with a person that's an expert and they don't know how to share good information. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So to have someone who's able to speak to the people on, on 
on their level in a professional way. I just love all that information. I'm like, what is Rachel? Rachel got a 28 day. I need it because I, <laughs> I love, this it. Was, I love this it. was good. And then also, um, oh, so I, I've done several interviews and been on a lot of podcasts. It's good to have um, a host, you know, who knows how to interview. Like some people don't know how to interview and move you through a conversation and cover all the things that really need to be covered. Um, so Nakaya, that was, you did a beautiful job. I, I love, I love how um, you just really went through the whole outline. Cause at times I was thinking, we're not going to get through all this stuff. We just, you know, <laughs> like, but you were like coming back, like, okay, well, what do you think? I was like, okay. <laughs> she is really good at this. And yeah, um, she is. <laughs> yeah. And in order to, to really serve people, you have to have that level of skill because you do want them to walk away in power. You don't just want to have another podcast. You really want people to walk away with tools that they can actually use because if not, I don't feel like I serve the people. I feel like I just talk for 30 minutes and I don't like doing that, <laughs> just talking. But um, I think it was phenomenal. I do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm so moved. I, I learned so much today. Just the the being in it, the stepping away from it, the the like levels of healing. Like I, I thank you, Rachel, for putting words to what's happening. Because mm -hmm. I've been in that situation more times than I can think. And I'm like, and now with this languaging, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, that's why I, and that's when I, and it's so clarifying, mm -hmm. so deeply clarifying. You know, thank you for that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I Kathleen, the going into the space and actually being able to set your family up and set up the like the needs, the requests, the boundaries, that level of communication is so profound and potent. Like I know there are people out there who are like, I'm gonna be able to use this. And I won't lie, I'm going home to see my family like for the holidays and every single year I go, I become a smoker again. Mm. Like, I hate smoking cigarettes. I've quit cigarettes several times. I'm like, I'm not trying to do this forever, but it's, it's a trigger trauma response and I'm in the thick of it. So like my family smokes, like we might get together and drink to celebrate and it's like everything to excess. So like seeing that and knowing like what came up, why that's happening and the level of coping, like maladaptive coping versus actually like treating mm -hmm. myself with an, a reward is like so vastly different so I really I really appreciate all of that and I it happened y'all we got the episode <laughs> it might be subtitled forget about them people right. <laughs> and I just have to say Kathleen your level of vulnerability thank you so much for sharing those personal stories like that mm. just brought you know, such a layer of understanding and heart to the conversation and to really hear that. I just so appreciate that vulnerability. It meant a lot to, to witness and to hear. You know what I, you know, the piece, you had a lot of pieces. I Look, I, I want to, I got to go back and watch this video because I want to just, you share so much. It's so much that, I'm, that I'll be using moving forward to help people understand. But 
Um, when you were sharing the information about neurons and me having a, a traumatic brain injury, I, I don't think people understand how the nervous system works and impacts you. And if they don't really understand that there's actually something going on in their body, in their cells, it's actually something going on that they, you know, they may be thinking, oh, this is just how I feel. No, your body is responding. Yeah. Your triggers are for real. You're releasing almost like toxins in your body and you mm -hmm. need to be aware of that because over time it's going to break you down, not just mentally, and emotionally, but your physical body, you're actually harming your physical body. And I thought that was real important for people to understand the layers of what trauma actually does to you. So when people say to you like, oh, it happened years ago, there is no years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it took, it took yeah. place years ago, but right now I can walk in a room and it will paralyze me. And I think you putting that information out there helps people to understand what they're actually going through versus what they think they're going through. No, you're actually going through a serious physical, uh, you know, change and it's going to impact you. It's going to change the way you feel. It's going to make you feel like you need a cigarette, you need a drink or you're pissed off or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's more than just a thought. It's your yeah. physical body actually being responding. And I, I don't think people understand that enough. So I'm so glad you were able to open that up and explain it in a way that they completely understand that, mm -hmm. at least to some degree. Yeah. yeah, it really matters to me. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I got into doing the work that I was doing, because I, you know, there are two pieces of that. Like for me, I got to a place where, like, I was talking with a counselor one time and I said, you know, am I ever just going to feel normal? And his answer was no. And my answer was, you're fired because I'm like, that's no, 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 no. Like, what? That can't be the whole story. And so it's this delicate balance between like trauma is not a life sentence. Like, we don't have to spend our life in recovery, right? right. Like, hashing it out, talking about it. Let me look at it again from this angle, from that angle. And um, life is about restoration and reclaiming, and but also about being equipped, right? Because. Right you know, we can get set off just, you know, it doesn't even have to be trauma, 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 right? Something can happen and it looks like our system can go. And so, yeah, I heard, I felt, and I heard too many people saying, oh, I'm just broken. Oh, this is just the way it's going to be. And I was like, nah, like that just can't be the whole story. And, and that's really where I got in my journey. I was so upset about being called a survivor, what a guy one time I was having a conversation with and I was sharing my story. Oh, you're such a survivor. You're so strong. You've been through so much. And on that day, I was not hearing that. <laughs> I, lost my shit. I got so angry. And I was like, I don't want to be a survivor. Like there has to be something beyond surviving your life. Yes. And that was that jump off point for me to really start to think about. So how do we actually do this thing? How do we actually heal? from right. trauma because we can heal the brain we can heal the nervous system we can increase our capacity and then if something does happen we can respond to it right we can right. take care of ourselves in those moments and feel empowered and not feel like we're at the mercy of you know something um, or someone so I'm really glad that that came through and you know just and your stories all like just kind of lended to supporting 
you know, all of that. And I love that you're entitled. I love that Kathleen, the message that came through so strongly. I received that even more today. Like, yes, entitled. I like that. <laughs> like, I am you're right. It is your birthright to have that. Yeah. Mm. I love this. And this is going to be a, this is a powerful, this is a powerful yeah. podcast. It, it could really be used. I mean, it's, is so evergreen like you could just yeah, run it going on my resource page like i know I'm like, <laughs> i can't wait to get the link yeah. i gotta post it up and share it because yeah yeah and good. i just have to echo nika thank you so much for being such a powerful uh leader and guide in the conversation yeah. mm -hmm. thank you so much betty for having the background because it matters yes. right when there are glitches or their things aren't working <laughs> and to just know like betty is holding us That's right. <laughs> thank you Right. I appreciate that. I really felt that. Nothing like a good producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. For real. Nothing like a good producer, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. So well, thank you. I'm, uh, it was my honor to be here today. Thank you, Miss Betty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm off to have some lunch and to seek out some caramel apple. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a gala here, no caramel. <laughs> amazing so sweet blessings to all of you thank you again so much and i look forward to just staying in touch and other opportunities to collaborate i just i already bought your book kathleen is on its way i can't wait to check it out oh, and, nice. and use it as a, a resource in um the empowered parent trainings that i'm doing because i think that's just that's gonna be so cool to add in thank you thank yeah you. awesome yeah beautiful. beautiful all right thank you everybody this is just so magical i really appreciate I know, right oh <laughs> uh, all right well until our next podcast or other major event that we're gonna do <laughs> yes i will i will see you all soon and thank you all so right. much for being a part awesome. of it Love to oh, you. more than welcome have a great weekend and happy holidays to everyone yeah same to holidays. you bye